Do you ever get discouraged about your Christian life? That you seem that you're continually sinning in the same area, confessing to the Lord, and then uh, he forgives you, but then you end up confessing over and over and over, finding it difficult to forgive people. You know you're supposed to, but uh, to be able to do so is something else. Or maybe the problem of impatience uh, or your temper. And you think, oh, why can't I get a hold of this? Well, this past few weeks and months shut up at home, <laughs> I've been, as I've gone through the scripture, there are some things that have really come into focus. I guess more of remembering some of these truths, but also having the Lord open up some of these things for me. And the Lord says, in, as we have in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith, that of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. The fact that I am crucified with Jesus Christ. You know, the problem that Adam had was his self-will. He, he wanted to be his own boss, and he said to God, I don't care what you say, I'm going to do what I think is right and, and what seems good to me. Well, that is passed on to us. And we have to be careful because we want to be our own boss. But what needs to take place, we have to go to the Lord and confess that. God, I'm rebellious. And being rebellious, I know that's wrong. I'm sinning. And I confess that. And I ask you to save me. And he has therefore paid the price on the cross for my sin. For the wages of sin is death. And therefore, I find life in Jesus Christ as he has paid that price. But there's something else here. He says, I am crucified with Christ. What does that mean? Well that this old flesh, this sinful nature, that is so much a part of me, has uh, been crucified. But how? Well, you know, it's like um, cutting off the head of a poisonous snake. And you know the snake is dead, but it keeps wiggling. And it can control a person, it can bring fear and discouragement, but yet the snake is dead. The same thing that we face with our own sinful nature. We have been crucified with Christ, but yet that old nature has not been eliminated. It's been killed, it's dead, but how can we live on the basis of this truth? We have to accept the reality that we have been crucified with him, but we have to reckon it 
to be so. So how can we live accordingly? Well, this, this self, this part of me that, the, that so wants to be in control cannot be improved. In fact, when Jesus Christ came into our lives, he did not come in to improve us. He came in to change us. He came in to replace us. And if you know in that passage, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. But then he says, when I do live, I live by the faith, that of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So this cannot, this, uh, this nature that I have can't be improved. Uh, and neither can it be disciplined. One of the things that we often try to do, especially when we're trying to overcome some sin or the deal with temptation, we try to discipline ourselves. Well, that's normal, yes, but then we keep failing. We keep failing. And we need to remember that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Or, on the other hand, we may seem to feel the necessity of dedicating ourselves. Uh, I remember when I was in high school, and we'd go to camp, Christian camp, and the big thing was to rededicate our lives. Well, how can you rededicate something that's sinful? And do you know the old self, this sinful nature, the flesh, will do anything it can to keep from dying. We may learn verses, we may pray, we may uh, tithe, and even teach a Sunday school class, maybe become a deacon and even preach. But we'll do anything, and we could still, it's in the flesh. So the flesh will do anything possible to keep from accepting the truth of the fact that they're dead. The self has died. Well, how can we experience this as a reality, this crucifixion? In Colossians 1, verse 27, to them God chose to reveal something. You see, there was a mystery that he says has been hidden for years, but now has been made known, and has been made known to the Gentiles, this glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. What does glory mean here? Actually, it implies the value. It's value. And so it's saying that actually we become <clears throat> what it means we were intended to be. So this is our hope of glory. This is our hope of becoming the kind of Christian that God wants us to be, that he has plans for us.
Do you know, you take an automobile. Okay, I've got one there at the house, and it's been sitting for weeks. And I say, okay, I can look at this automobile and say, that's great, you know, I can wash it, clean it, looks fine. But it's just sitting there. It has no power to do anything. But then once I get into that car, and then there is the means of the car doing what it was intended to do. But not until it has a driver. It's the same way with the Christian life. We may look good we, as a Christian. People may think we're great. But if Jesus Christ is not living actually in us, if we're not letting him to do that, there's no power. There's no way that we can be of benefit. And so I will say that uh, when I got in the car today, one of the first things I had to do was to back out. Why? Because the car was going in the wrong direction. And sometimes that's exactly what God has to do. When we turn loose, he has to turn us around and move us in another direction. Now what I want to do this morning, I want to mention five different things that will help us to allow Jesus Christ to live in us. Some of you have heard me say or tell the story about the woman that went to the preacher and said, preacher, I just cannot live the Christian life. And she began to describe some of the things that I did at the beginning of the message. And so he asked, when Jesus Christ came into your life to live, what did he come in to do? And of course, she fumbled around, she couldn't answer. Then he did it again. When Jesus Christ came into your life to live, what did he come in to do? Again, no response. The third time that he said that, it dawned on her. Yes, he came in to live. And that is exactly what he wants to do. He comes into our lives the moment we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior. And it's his intention and desire to live in us. But then the question is, how does that take place? What can we do that will enable him to live in us? Well, let's look at some things. One, we need to utterly deny ourselves. Luke 9.23 says, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. You notice he says he must deny himself. Well, deny ourselves of what? Uh, stop doing this or start doing that? What? No, we're not talking about denying ourselves of something. It's talking about ourselves. This part of us that is insisting on being in control and having our own way. And this has to be utterly denied or accepting the fact, hey, that's dead. That's no reason why that is to continue. And then what do I do? Daily, I look to him, take up whatever cross is there, 
and follow him. But, he says, if we're to follow him, if we're to go after him, we must deny this self-life. Another, John 15, verses 4 and 5, point out as Jesus was saying that we are to abide or remain in him. The verses say this, Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, you will bear much fruit, but apart from me, you can do nothing. So what is necessary? We have to learn to rest and have this abiding relationship with Jesus Christ. I abide in him, but he promises to live and be remaining and abiding in me. Every plant has a vascular tissue, xylem, and this is a type of cell that is used to bring up nutrients, minerals, water to the plant uh, from the ground. The interesting thing about this for this xylem to work, those cells have to be dead. And unless they are dead, that nutrition cannot flow to the plant or to the tree. It's the same thing in the Christian life. We have to learn to allow the Lord to nourish us spiritually with his grace, his strength, his power. But for this to take place, I need to deny myself. I need to die to myself so that this can actually take place. Another thing, in Matthew 11, <clears throat> verses 28 and 29, he speaks of our submitting to Christ's authority. He says, come unto me. Now this is Jesus speaking. He says, come unto me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. <clears throat> and you will find I, you take my yoke upon you and learn from me, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy or kind, and my burden is light. So this idea of taking up his yoke, what does that mean? Surrendering to his authority, giving up of my rights, to myself, and as I give up the rights to myself, then and learn of him, I will not only be experiencing the rest that he has given me,
but I will find rest for my soul, which is a deeper sense of rest and reality. Another thing, Paul speaks in uh, Galatians 5, verses 16 and 17. So I say, live or walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh or sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you cannot do what you want. So this conflict between the Holy Spirit and your own selfish nature. There is a conflict, but the way that that can be overcome is by living by the Spirit, walking by the power of the Spirit. And that's when, after you have denied yourself or you remain in the Lord, you submit to the, to the authority of the Lord, then that is a reality that can take place. Now another, and that is Hebrews 4.16. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. This is one of my favorite verses. Because what it's saying, that I need to do something daily, continually. This word approach is in the present tense, tense in the original. And therefore, I need to continually come to the throne of grace with confidence. This word is saying, honestly speaking, I need to form the habit of coming to the Lord and admitting that I can't do something. It may be, God, I just can't win over this temptation, or God, I cannot uh, forgive this person. Whatever it might be that I am wrestling with, I admit to him that I can't do it, I can't handle it. And then what happens? We receive mercy. Now, mercy is not receiving what we ought to receive. So he's not going to castigate us or penal, uh, cause us to pay a penalty because we have not obeyed him. No, it's the idea of his saying, finally you have figured it out. You can't do it. I know that and I've been trying to help you to understand the reality of that. So, we receive mercy. But then, what happens? We find grace to help us in the time of need. Well, how is it that we receive mercy, but we find grace? We already have grace. Grace is found in Jesus Christ. And he is living within us. So daily, every time we're experiencing things, we need to develop this relationship with Jesus Christ 
of admitting when we can't do things. And we need to learn that even when we try to do things, that's not the answer. It is depending upon him. So how can we become what God intends us for us to be? Well, how is that possible? We need to utterly deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow him. We need to continually abide or rest in him. We need to submit to his authority continually and live by the Spirit. And then also daily go to him and say, Lord, I need you. I need you to handle this because I can't. Are you discouraged about your walk with the Lord? These things are so vital because the Lord has said, yes, I, uh, <clears throat> I have been crucified, Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live but Christ lives in me. And the life I live in the body, I live by faith, that of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And God has chosen to reveal the great mystery, the gloriousness of the richness of this mystery, which is Christ in you the hope of glory, the hope that we will become that which he has intended us to be. Let's pray. Father, will you be our teacher? Cause us to realize the truth of being crucified with you and that there is that control from you over this desire that we have in our lives to be our own boss and enable us, Lord, to allow you to live in us by your power. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.